la situación es ridiculous and completely unnecessary honestly yeah. but as furious as we are we're gonna keep you guys laughing and happy because let's be honest the world and especially our freaking country needs more loving and more laughing That's and hello true. let me remind you that we're all either immigrants or products of immigrants so let's reform our thinking because she my girl say has a zero tolerance policy for people who suck and are making our country caca Ew. yes ma'am i tell you this land was made for you and me Does your green card say alien, but you're not a freaking alien? Are you over this world and the stupid humans in it? Introducing... Pacarajo! The first affordable Hispanic space shuttle to send us to Mars. First check bag is free. All other belongings, pacarajo. Oh, guess what? What? Something stupid one of the Trumps did. Oh, yeah, of course. This time it's not... The one who shall not be named. Exactly. Oh. But it's his ridiculous wife. I don't know if you guys heard, but she went to go visit the immigrant children that are in these holding facilities. Okay, holding yes. facilities. Cages. Cages. In, and okay? let me tell you, la cagó big time. No, la cagó the biggest time. She wore a jacket, a Zara jacket, by the way, which Zara, really step up your game. C- come on. You the fashion is very fachong feo. Fachong, fachong. She would get a foe in the fashion police. Exactly. Her jacket said, I really don't care. Do you? As she was boarding Air Force One to go visit these children. Like, do you not have common sense? No. No, they don't. They don't have common sense. Like, what is wrong with you? You like, know, I used, I, 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 I almost cannot, like, I, I, I can't think of someone so stupid. And, and, like, not only her, but, like, everybody around her, like, who, was nobody paying attention? You know that she travels exactly. with an yeah. entourage with entourage of people. To, yeah, like, what, did publicist. your, does your publicist not say, um, I, I, honey, I don't think you should be wearing that. Uh, let me take that off your back, please. Right. Yeah. It's just, it never fails. It never fails. Like, when I saw it on the news, I was like, you know what? Mira, she's there. I guess that's what matters because nobody else in the administration went down there. Mm-hmm. And then, and then she this. ruins it. And sometimes I'm like, does anybody not, like, do they forget this bitch is an immigrant? They forget. <laughs> 100%. But she can't even, what? She can't even speak English, Leave which it. is fine. But they're, I, yes. I mean. Guess but what, you know what I'm saying? The irony, like she, of, the irony it of it all. For her to be, like, I mean. Because, Libet, because she's European. That's why la gente son racista in this country. And they don't care. Well, hello. Mr. Donald said it himself. Shithole countries. Idiota. Right. Idiota. Bueno, that's disgusting. It really You know what else is disgusting, Libet? You take this one because me, me da pique. I know. I cannot believe. This really saddens me, and I hope it's not true, because I just cannot believe that my people would be like this. One in four Miamians are okay with kids being separated from their parents at the border. According yes. to the Miami According New Times. According to Miami New Times. I, I'm, I'm speechless, because if this is true, 
Mira, I, I, please, someone help me with this because this is ridiculous Look, for someone I, to say. I think, listen, Latin Americans with Latin Americans, there's a huge colorism problem. Mm -hmm. Okay? Very Super. true. Because we sit here and we joke about, I know, I'm uh, so and so, my family's from Spain, but we joke about that stuff. But people really take that to heart and they think that there's a difference between them and the people that are crossing the border. And guess what, honey? The only difference is you got lucky. Okay? Exactly. And you know what I think, too? It's easy. Unfortunately, it's sad, but it's easy nowadays to just separate yourself from the shit. So yes. I think that it's easy to pick and choose what you want to care about and what you don't want. And I think this is a matter of ignorance and non-exposure to the non -exposure. shit. Non-exposure. And honestly, it's easy for people to be like, well, it's not affecting me, even though I'm Latino and I can relate to these people. I really can't because I'm privileged and in right. my home while these people are in cages. I mean, and what, that, to me, is ignorant. And what they need to... Well, let me give you a very eye opener. Go on to uh, I saw this on CNN where they were they were somebody had brought in a, a recording mm -hmm. to the uh -huh. to the, uh, to, the ha, to the quote unquote summer camps. Ay, okay? ay, esa estúpida. estúpida. Okay, and then you're hearing these poor kids, which almost breaks my heart to be honest. Like almost, I I could almost cry right now. Yes. you hear these poor children yelling for their parents. Yeah, and you can and and they're they're. <laughs> I mean, you cannot tell me that this is not horrible. Like, you know, these children are... You, who wants to separate these children from their parents? Imagine, like, how horrible the situation is that you're running from if you would risk your life, your kid's life, and being separated 100%. from them. And it's you bad. Be, inform yourself, people. Like, people don't understand how bad the gangs are. Why wouldn't you run and try to have a better life for your child? And, like, if you don't have sympathy for that, you're an asshole. And what Donald Trump is doing, and I think a lot of the people in his administration, it's, I read this book, Mina, be impressed, okay? Gotta read a book. Oy, it's yeah. called... <laughs> okay. Not just a nursing book. Imagine. Just not a nursing book, okay? I can do a suppository and tell you about other things. At the same time. At the same time <laughs> um pero suppository what i meant was a catheter okay oh my god todo mundo just, se puede poner suppository be, be careful if you forget i was a nurse you okay. might get a flea enema instead <laughs> i read this book called dog whistle politics and it's this it's this thing that politicians use it mira it's a dog whistle which means it's not outright racism or anything inflammatory it's like it's like messages only uh the base can hear he you know uses terms like that like they're rapists they're doing this they're doing that instead of saying i hate brown people he's saying though you know we have to protect our white families from these gang members and it's like you think the gang members are coming here these people are leaving because they're being terrorized in their exactly. own countries but you know it's like they get smart anyway oh uh, you know what we have spent long enough on this, on topic. this subject let's yes. talk about something a little bit more Inspiring. Inspiring, a little bit hot. A little bit mm. hot. Mm. Hace Jorge Ramos. Está para, para comérselo. Listen, I'm usually not really into older men. I know, Mrs. Julie like some News to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me, Gabby. I like them my age or, you know, yeah, about my age. Not younger and not a little older. Just, I'm like Goldilocks, just the right bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not too soft, not too hard. And not too, exactly. Bueno, hard enough. Hard enough, bueno, tu sabes. He's been a fox for a long time. He's been forever. And he speaks up the for the Latinos he really so much. Does. And I love him he for really that. Does. He really does. Didn't he go once to go up to like Trump and yell at him or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Is that like a press? conference he knows his shit we love him Jorge Ramos is very classy oh, but oh, you know he can shed un galang, a un galang. but oh, he, you know he gets emotional he, deep. uh, he's deeper mm -hmm. okay Ay, un así. please oh, send him to me come visit the studio Jorge Jorge we'll have you on anytime of anytime course. you want
a Santeria Body Splash to repel el mal de gringo. Apply sparingly after a shower and line at a Whole Foods at a country music concert or anywhere north of the 595. Works on ICE agents, Republicans, and most of the Trump family. Now available in our new mojo scent. This segment is called Immigrant. Like immigrants, but immigrants. I, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> you guys, we're going to be discussing our immigrant parents, our immigrant lives, and what our cultures say about us. Okay, that's oh, a good okay. one. Libet, how did you? How did your people get here? Yes, bueno, and see, well, the thing is, in 1892, <laughs> I, you, I, oh, yeah, I, I know, always, I, have to I am not that old, okay, listeners, this, she has this thing with me just because I'm a little, just a tiny bit older than she her. She was born in the 70s. Okay? I was not born in the 70s. <laughs> of course Maybe. you were. I, yeah. Supposedly. Supposedly, okay, I, sorry. Well, actually, I came here with my mom. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, I was a single parent home. And my mom had, you know, she came here and she had, uh, she found a studio in Miami Beach, oh, and that's right why I love Miami the beach, beach so much because oh, I think right to the beach. Uh, yeah, that's why I think I have a, a, a nostalgic feeling with the beach because she moved here first to the beach uh, okay. off of Collins or something like that. Wow, and, uh, mm. uh, like a small little place. It well, was no, nothing back like then, back, back then. then it was right. not so back expensive. then it wasn't so expensive. It was just sand. And then she she was there for. Just sound. I kid. So shady, Caro. You're such a shady bitch. She really. My mom did she everything that she could. She worked very hard. I was one of those. That's why you are such a hustler. Did you know English when you moved here? I did not know English, okay. but I learned it very quickly because I'm a very fast learner. Yes, you are. I know I was one of those kids, the latchkey kids. Oh what? yeah, latchkey. Latchkey. That means like oh, that your means parents like, aren't home mm -hmm. after school. I yeah, was like that too. I had to come home by myself because my mom had to work two jobs, and wow. I had to pretty much do everything on my own. But I don't um, blame her, and I actually, I you know, I think that that's what she had to do to help me, and I, that's why she was able to help me get go to Catholic school. Wow, yeah. she really must she have worked paid, her ass. She off. worked her ass up, and then she got remarried, and of course, you know that, that you know two you incomes were you know beneficial. Is the Alons your stepdad's last name or your mom's last name? It's my stepdad's last okay, name. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Bueno, what a, what luck, Libera Alons. I, I like. I that. think it's beautiful. I think I'm it's beautiful saying name. you got lucky. Libet Alons. You could have been. Living for Livet. Living for Livet. Exactly. Hashtag. Exactly. Bueno, Gabby, what about you? I'm Cuban-Colombian. Let me rephrase. I'm from here. Okay. But my family is from Cuba. I'm from Colombia. Oh, that's so right, because you were, born, you were born, born in Hialeah Hospital. Hospital. I was born in Hialeah Hospital, yes. And my mama casi se desmaya when she was giving birth oh to my me God. because I wasn't ready to come you out. done cooking. So they forced you. Basically. Always forcing you to do things. Always forcing me to do things when I'm not even ready. That's why you're so rebellious. Exactly. I think so too. Yes. And then my dad came from Cuba when he was eight. But he couldn't come oh. with his parents Aww. because I don't know why because Ooh. of the government. Was he part of that Peter Pan thing? No, but he came with my with my tia, just them two, and she was only two years older than him. And by the way, my dad came on a plane. For everybody that I thinks know, that every favor. Cuban immigrates on here boat. on a boat, people come here on planes, and immigrants come here. All, all no, on all of sorts way. of transportation. Mm -hmm. okay. So I want to just yeah. My mom came that. on a plane too. <laughs> 
Very good. Bueno, I so my story is I was born in DR, mm-hmm. and um, but my dad's Puerto Rican, so because of and he was born in New York. Your father was born in New York. Yes, in Brooklyn. I so he's American. Yes. How I, can win. Cool. I know I got very lucky. So my dad ended up going back to Puerto Rico for college. No, for high school, and that's where he met my mom. So they're high school sweethearts. Oh, I know. So super like you choochie. and Danny. Like me and Danny. Uh-huh. You know, we all reflect our parents. History repeats itself. Ay, that's why I'm still single. <laughs> no, well, no, you're gonna have well, a daughter. Wait, you don't have a daughter so, <laughs> so. They moved to the States. So for me, it was very easy because I was born an, uh, a citizen. My mom had to get her citizenship. And I'll never forget, like, before she was granted her citizenship, looking down at her card and it said, legal alien. And I remember thinking, like, mommy, you're an alien? Because I was little. Right. You thought she was wearing a human suit. Mira, listen, I thought that about a lot of people when I was mm-hmm. little because a lot black. of weird people. <laughs> and I was a paranoid child. Anyway. Wow. I guess all of this is to say that everyone has an immigrant story. Nobody exactly. is really from here unless you're Native American. Okay. Exactly. They're mm-hmm. the real Americans. They're the real Americans. So everybody needs to get off their high horse. Ay, please. Would your life be easier if you were like, just wait, but also you're not trying to bleach your skin? Ill. Let us help you get on the white track with Whiteface. Whiteface, a monthly subscription service that helps you complete the Caucasian equation. Our starter kit includes two left feet, an ass reducer, Oakley sunglasses, and a Michael Bolton CD. I haven't been pulled over in like a month. Our next segment is called Lessons for Latin Lovers. Lovers. And pretty much what we're going to do, we're going to translate all of like the maybe the questions that white people might have about Latin behaviors, mm-hmm. you know? And you know what? Mm. Why don't we get Gary in here? <gasps> oh my That's gosh, let's great. get Gary. Our resident yeah. white guy. Gary. Gary. Venga acá. Venga Gary. Uh, bring the rosé, please, from Provence. Oh, hi, hi, ladies. I'm so sorry. Hi, I, didn't, I didn't have a chance to go to the liquor oh, store. Yeah. Of course, not. Of course, minus point for you today. Okay, okay, I'll take it. Croqueticas. This is Gary. This is Gary. Mira, he's un pedazo de pan. He's a piece of bread. Wonder bread. That means he looks like he's confused. That means that you're delicious and soft and (laughs) and just happy to be here. (laughs) Hi, Gary. So cute. He's super cute. (laughs) Do you need something? Yes. Bueno, we had a question. Like, here's the thing. We understand that people are clearly in this country are having a hard time understanding Latino people because Uh they want to keep us out. So what are some things that, like, we can tell people, like, listen, we're just like you. Like, is there anything confusing that we do? Any, like, traditions or anything that you're like, what is that about? Or anything you want to know more about. Yeah. 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 Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. Hey, Gary, you're so cute. Oh, he's super cute. Mira, if all white people were like Gary, I, oh yeah, it would be nice. Seriously. Feels good. Hi, <laughs> you Gary. So what was the question? Okay, like what is something your girlfriend's family used to do that you're like, oh, that's so weird. Like, I wish somebody could explain why they do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I dated a girl named Veronica. Oh. oh, with a B, Veronica. With a V. Oh, Veronica. But she pronounced it Veronica. Oh, I, yeah. I no, Veronica. It's because the B is una B corta o, o B larga. Be, be, yeah, B corta. Uh-huh. I don't know why they call it that. Listen, we don't have all the answers, but anyway. Okay. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Every time I went to dinner at her parents' house, mm-hmm. they would serve the meal on plastic 
plates. Of course. Okay. Like plastic utensils. It's easy, so okay. you don't have to wash. Yeah. Tell me, why would they wash them afterwards? You mean wash the disposable plate? Yeah. <laughs> to save To it? save money, Gary. Gary. What do you think, paper grows on trees? No, no, it's, it's just <laughs> they're meant to be thrown away. Why don't he has a point? Well, yes. Yes. Listen, I under, uh, listen, Gary, I understand you. Okay, <laughs> but what I know what the logic is, why waste the money? Yeah, mm. just rewash it and it can be washed. You always have to be frugal because you never know when shit's gonna run out. It's a and frugal thing. And the way thing. we're going, it may go that way now. So I'm gonna start washing my, my Your plastic. plastic. My, no, but the dishes. You, you put the dishes in the dishwasher? No, he's Don't wrong. they she, melt? No, she's wrong about that too, Gary. No, I listen. <laughs> I, listen to me. They would get the plastic. Um, Who's they? Okay, when my mom got remarried, she married a, the, this guy, and he loved to clean the dishes in the dishwasher that were paper, paper, paper plastic, not paper, not paper, plastic, plastic, when Dixie, yes, oh, Dixie. Oh, because there's paper plates and there's plastic plates. Plastic plates she would wash. Oh, yeah, talk about Which, the okay, environment. Okay, a little that. bit. I know, it's cheap, especially the red cups, you'd always wash the red cups. I my. I know, it's, I, I was embarrassed, I never brought anybody over. <laughs> Gary, what else, Gary. what else? What else kind of confuses you, Gary? <laughs> I mean, sticking, he looks very confused. Yeah, I let know, me tell perpetual you. confusion. Sticking with the food, uh huh. I I never I never saw like a like a salad or like a like a, a real sort of green situation at a meal at oh, no, Veronica's place. No, no. Don't we don't need greens. greens. Mm-hmm. And Plantain. Mm. That's a green. Mm, no, do, I don't think so. Oh, do you, do you, yuca. <laughs> That's a start. Yuka or you can't? <laughs> hey, hey, you can't go to the bathroom. Oh, Gary. Right? Oh, Gary, That's how long exactly have you lived I mean. in Miami? How long have you been here? I've been here for five years. Okay, five years. Okay. When was the last time you had a salad at a Latin restaurant? Mm. I always ask for a salad. Yeah. Oh, they must hate you. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I get something that looks green, but it's been stewed. But uh, you know what? Cuban uh, have yeah. como una, una, como una ensalada de cebolla, de cebolla. which is oh, an onion avocado, salad. Avocado. Yeah, they put a little avocado. bit of yeah, they put like a little bit of maybe like three iceberg leaves. lettuce, three iceberg lettuce with a little tomate. Uh, no, but I cebolla, think Gary wants kale. Oh, yeah, you, oh. iceberg lettuce is just water. I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Really. <laughs> I don't know, Gary. Okay. Listen, we'll take it where Gary. we can get it. <laughs> well. Mira, okay. So, anything else? I mean, yeah, that you else? have a question about? Whenever Veronica and I would go out dancing, okay, she always what did kind this of dancing, like salsa dancing. Okay, oh, okay, she would do this thing. Oh my god! By the way, I have never had my booty be more sore than your after hips. a night out oh, salsa my. dancing. Okay. You're doing it wrong, <laughs> Gary. Ay ay ay! Oh yeah, I can tell you right now, you're overshooting the hips. Okay, I don't yeah. even have to watch you dance. If you're I'm, white, I can tell you, don't overshoot the hips. Gary, okay, okay what were you saying about dancing? So we'd go out dancing, and whenever we were dancing, it's like her head <laughs> was dead from the neck up. What? What do you which mean? I, which I guess is the head. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's like, I think he's trying to say, like, from the shoulders down. From the shoulders down, she was she very was fun and exciting. Yeah. From the shoulders up. Just, no, same way. just nothing oh. on the face and looking around and 
but that's like a thing we do because mm. you have yeah. to kind of like when I'm when I'm dancing, okay, I'm in the moment. I am looking at where I have to go in my positions. Yes. I am turning. I am flipping. I am steps. doing what I have to do. I don't need to be looking at the person. Gary, are you saying that like she dirty w- dancing where they're just locked Ooh, yes, eye to yes, eye? Yes, yes, oh. yes, like that, like that. Gary, I, that's never gonna that's happen. Not real. That's no, because Gary. two white people were trying to dance exactly. Havana nights, but, but <laughs> exactly <laughs> dirty dancing Havana, Havana nights. <laughs> okay, bueno, Gary, thank you so much. Thank for you, being on the podcast. podcast thank you for everything you oh, do thank you ladies we also we're, we're gonna need the studio in about 10 I, we're gonna we've got the up. the japanese podcast next what gary, gary? Mm-hmm. go give me the rosé go get the rosé okay thank you gary bye. Bye, gary bye gary okay bye Okay, so our guest today is this wonderful, wonderful woman that I actually met in an Uber that I was taking her no to. No way. The, yeah, I was oh. taking I was taking her to a uh, I was taking her to some Brickle event. Uh, mm. uh, I think a networking event for lawyers. Okay. Oh, yeah, must have been there. Uh, you might have been. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think she's great for today's topic. Okay. Of immigration. Of immigration. We have burning questions. We have a lot ask. of questions. So let's get right into the questions because this has been a very horrible uh, week for, for the whole immigration situation. Abogada Priscilla Denise, hello. Hello, how are you? Hi. Welcome to, Welcome the, show. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So what is, it, what is your title? Yes. Yes. Like in men or like... <laughs> no. In men. <laughs> your, your title, your official your, lawyer title. Your lawyerly oh, I, title. I'm sorry, I heard your type. <laughs> oh, your type. We're here to talk about important immigration. What's your men type? <laughs> we'll get to your men no, type we're gonna, after. Girl, we're going to get there because you, you listeners can't see her, but she is gorgeous with a capital G. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So what is the title? Well, I am an immigration attorney based out of Florida, but I do cases all over uh, the United States. So what does being an immigration lawyer entail? A lot of reading, a lot of uh, compassion, a lot of time, dedication, um, and many hours uh, going to courts, going to detention centers, speaking with families, speaking with, uh, you know, policymakers, trying to make a change and pretty much a little bit of everything. That seems like a really a vocation, like a really noble job, because it can't be easy in this day and age, especially now. I'm sure you've seen it all. Do you? What's like the craziest things you've seen? I've seen people being deported where, you know, they're the sole breadwinner of the family and they're, let's say like their, you know, spouse died and they have like a U.S. citizen child that is disabled and cannot take care of themselves and... There's just no relief for that person, so they end up getting deported, and the child ends up either, you know, having to live with a family member who's not their parent, or you know, uh, having to go abroad with their one surviving parent in conditions in a country that cannot support their medical conditions. So right. you know, those and are like the the worst cases that I've seen. Wow, and a lot of those people too, like they go back to violence. You know, like who knows? They might they might not survive being deported and going back to their countries. There's actually a lot of people who have been deported and have ultimately been killed, like within the year of having been deported, who had valid asylum claims and. You know, for some reason or another, technicalities or, or whatnot, their case gets denied and they get deported. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real thing. So when people are escaping a country to 
gain asylum here? What exactly, what does that entail? What do you need? So the criteria is extremely technical and very difficult to obtain. Currently, only maybe about half of the cases that get presented uh, for asylum actually win. And it's usually because they have attorneys who can navigate the technicalities of it. You have to present so much evidence and it usually takes a really long time to gather. Uh, Remember, a lot of these people are fleeing their country with nothing but the clothes on their back because they have no choice. So uh, it takes a really long time to prepare asylum cases. And now the government is trying to reduce that time um, by putting quotas on the immigration judges, having them do a lot more cases a lot faster. So people are like stuck. And if you're detained and trying to fight your asylum case, forget it. So just out of curiosity for me, I, I don't understand the difference between a detention center and a jail. I mean, if it looks like a cat, smells like a cat, it's a cat, right? Right. So um, these people are put in detention centers that are essentially jails. They are put in orange suits, just like in a jail. You would see, uh, you know, an inmate with an orange suit. They're restricted of their liberty. They can't leave the place. It is actually a jail. So they don't call it a jail because uh, immigration is supposed to be a civil proceeding. Currently, uh, because immigration is labeled civil, you don't have a right to an attorney paid by the government. You have to get your own attorney, which is where I come in. Well, you being obviously in the profession, seeing everything um, firsthand, what's your thought on all this brand new stuff that's literally just surfaced? So first of all, uh, family separations. I think we made it loud and clear as a country that we are not for that. It's, it's extremely traumatic on the children and the children have no reason to pay uh, the price uh, or any type of punishment for whatever politics there are. So uh, the positive thing about that executive order, I think, is the fact that America kind of united and said, no, not not the children, you know. Um, the negatives are that it basically leaves the issue of family detention in a very uh, difficult spot. Before this uh, zero-tolerance policy right. of Trump, mm-hmm. uh, was that they would let the families out either with a bond Mm -hmm. where you have to pay or maybe with an electronic monitoring device uh, to make sure they're going to show up. And the success rate of people showing up at their uh, next court hearings is super high. I mean, it's like a, you know, like a 90 something percent. So, um, and it doesn't cost the government us. We are the taxpayers. We pay for every head in detention center. Mm -hmm. People need to understand this. Every head in a detention center costs around 300 and something dollars a day. And this is also a business. Absolutely. uh, These detention centers are privately owned. So like, you know, it's just, it's pretty messy right now. It's just money making. And uh, to follow up the question, because I I was, I'm still confused. So I know that it's, it's legal to uh, pursue asylum in this country. But so then why are so many people being detained if they're all asylum seekers? It's a very funny question, and um, it goes into the fact that, uh, I guess, the government is playing on the flight risk factor. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, okay, these people are going to be a flight risk, so we're going to detain them throughout the proceeding. But, you know, it's really a deterrent to people from seeking asylum. So essentially, Mm -hmm. when, when you really break it down... Uh, what the government is pretty much doing is kind of illegal. So right. um, people need to put themselves in the shoes 
uh, of the people running away from these situations. Right. What would it take for you right now in your comfortable home to get up and take your children with nothing but the clothes on your back right. and leave? Yeah. The situation has to be extremely horrible for you to do that and risk your life and risk your child's life. So when they go after risking all that and they turn them back and they tell them, oh, go to Mexico because uh, and wait, wait out the process there because we don't have room for you here. What do they do? They're desperate. They, then they try to cross illegally and that's where they get caught in some cases. I have to say, and I have to commend you because, I mean, I'm already, like, depressed. I mean, how do you, I mean, I have to say that I, 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 for you to, that this is your, uh, this is an everyday day -to -day life. life is like. And the people, these are the people that you're dealing with. And the violence is crazy in Central America. So they have really sad stories. I mean, everybody here, like, like she said, nobody decides to do it for fun. You have to be facing certain death in order to risk uncertain death, you know? Right, because I have people in my in my own, like, I, people who are part of my family that live in other countries, and they just, they're not, I mean, they, they always say que la situación está mal, pero nunca se van. So that means that, obviously, it's not as bad as these people who are actually Or maybe they leaving. have more resources, more money, you exactly. know, whatever. And we yeah. commend you, Priscilla, because this is, I'm sure it's not easy. I'm sure you have to deal with a lot. Thank you. So we're speaking about immigrants, but we don't know where you're from, Priscilla. Are you a child of immigrants? Are you from Miami? Where were you born? What's your story? Well, I am Puerto Rican, so Ooh. I am an immigrant with U.S. citizenship. Um, okay. It's basically a glorified immigrant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I grew up in Miami. I grew up in, you know, my formative years were in Kendall. Yes. I and, then I, and then I lived in, we moved up, so we went to Broward. You know how it goes. Oh my gosh, you lived in Broward. That's very polarizing around these parts. <laughs> well, it was funny because we used to always, like, Fort Lauderdale wasn't really like a hangout for Hispanic people. No, so never. we used to always hang out in Miami. Right. Oye, abogada Denise, what kind of men like hit on you? I know they have to be like really like ballsy because I mean you are a force to be reckoned with. Well, I, I've already had my run with the Hispanic males. Uh huh. So I will say I'm done with that. I'm recently exploring the white boys, which I kind of like them. Ay, they're un gringuito. Mira, they're super nice. I'm very curious about Asians. Oh, Aye. we were just we were discussing just that. About, like, where can we find, where is the Asian population? I know. It's like the unexplored hot guy. The, the other one that intrigues me a lot are the gingers. Ay, a mí me encanta una zanahoria. Ay, she <laughs> loves a pelirrojo. A mí me encanta los pelirrojos. them. But you know that also red hair is, is a sign of maybe possible incest. In back <gasps> in the day. Oh <laughs> yes. my gosh, Carol. It's a recessive gene. I have never heard of this okay. ever. Really quick. We talked about earlier how there was a Miami New Times article that one in four people in Miami agree with Trump's no tolerance policy. How would you explain to someone who maybe can't relate to right, the circumstances? Or maybe unaware to the unaware. situation. It's sad to say a lot of them are actually Hispanic people that exactly. forgot they were Hispanic yes. because they've been here for so long right. and they just are like rejecting their culture. I really think the lack of exposure along with, you know, teachings of their parents or grandparents that grew up in different times than now is what causes people to be racist like that. Yeah. And, and I think that can totally change. And when people take the time to really meet somebody that looks different or has a different faith or, you know, anything, 
they can change their perspective of what they truly think and feel about our government and politics and, and life in general and how we're going to move forward as a country. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Oye, sense. Uh, abogada, where can they find you? If they need help, how can they seek your services? Okay, well, they can um, log on to my website, which is www.midefensora.com. Ay, Widow, we should have called her that from the beginning. I know. La Defensora. <laughs> okay, so it's www.midefensora.com. Yes, or in Facebook, at Mi Defensora. Or you can call me at 833-206-4472. Perfect. Mira, we're going to put this on our on our platform. So if anybody needs a great defensora, we got you covered. Yep. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. This is very informative. I hope it's very informative, informative for our fans um, and people get educated because that's what people need is some education. Yeah. Education and exposure. And that is why we and La Defensora are here. Exactly. Attorneys Unite. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Bueno. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have. You hope you enjoy your Epsom salt bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Croqueticas, for listening to today's podcast. I know we love to be super fun and keep things super light, but we wanted to end the podcast saying that this was something near and dear to our hearts. We recorded this last week at the height of this ordeal, and though things have changed so fast since. There are still hundreds of children lost in the system because at the start, there wasn't a proper protocol of tracking the children and the parents. So a lot of these children's biographic information was not properly recorded and some of these children are not old enough to speak. So they are essentially lost in the system of foster care where they've been placed and may never be reunited with their parents, which to us is just unfathomable. But here's what we can do we can get informed and exercise our right to vote. Here in Florida, we have primaries on August 28th. Research the candidates that fit your view and basically go out and vote. It's our fundamental right and still a way for us to make a change. And that's the thing. The thing is that.